0: Suratul Hadid. Suratul Hadid. What does Hadid mean? Iron. Suratul Hadid is a Madani surah and the surah before it, Suratul Waqi'ah, is a Makki surah. So after a group of Makki surahs in the Triwal Mufassal, now Suratul Hadid is the beginning of a group of Madani surahs. So Suratul Hadid. And a couple of surahs after it will all be Madani. Surah Al-Waqi'ah ends with, فسبح Rabbi ربك العظيم. Glorify the name of your Lord, the Most Great. And Surah Al-Hadid begins with the Tasbih of Allah. In fact, many of the Madani surahs that we will read now will actually begin with the Tasbih, the glorification of Allah. Not all of them, but many of them. And these surahs, the surahs that begin with the Tasbih of Allah, they are known as the Musabbihat. The group of Musabbihat surahs. And there are a total of seven surahs in the Quran that begin with the Tasbih. Firstly, we learn about, we learned Surah Isra, Surah Bani Israel, Subhanallah, Asra bi Abdihi Laylam, al Masjid Al-Haram. Right? And the next surah is Surah Al-Hadid. Surah Al-Hadid also begins with Tasbih. Then there's Surah Al-Hashr. Then Surah Al-Saf. Then Surah Jumu'ah. Then Surah Taghabun. And finally, Surah Al-A'la. So there are seven surahs in the Qur'an. If you did not catch the names, it's your job to now open up the Mus'haf, and find the surahs that begin with the Tasbih of Allah. Now some of these surahs, when they mention the tasbih of Allah, then the tasbih is either mentioned in the past tense, or it is mentioned in the present future, or it is mentioned as a noun, or there is a command that is given. Only once a command is given. الأعلى, only once there is a command. At the beginning of a surah. And mostly it is either in the past tense or in the present future. As if we are being taught that when the entire creation busies itself in the glorification and the praise of Allah, then what is wrong with you, O people? You still don't get it? Glorify and praise your Lord who is the Most High. Now Surah Al-Hadid, as I mentioned to you, is a Madni Surah. And remember that it was revealed sometime between the battle of Uhud and the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, And some have said that it was revealed before the conquest of... So basically, it's a Madni Surah revealed after the Battle of Uhud. There is a reference to Fath in the Surah. And that Fath can either be understood as the Treaty of Hudaybiyah or it can be understood as the conquest of Makkah. Now, the reason why we're going into this detail is because here these madani surahs that we will learn are going to be very different from the madani surahs that we have learned earlier in the Quran. Generally when we think about madani surahs what comes to our mind? Commands, right? The halal and the haram, what is permissible and what is prohibited, right? Rulings related to worship. And when it comes to matters of faith, matters of the akhirah then they are mentioned where? In the makki surahs, right? But these madni surahs we will see that in them there is a call and motivation to strengthen and refresh one's iman. Because remember that no matter how strong of a faith a person has, there is always a need to strengthen and improve one's faith. Because iman is not something that is stagnant. It is not something that is frozen, meaning it just stays still. No, it increases and it decreases. And remember that in Medina, there was a unique set of challenges and comforts that the Muslims were experiencing. Right? And what happens is that when you get used to, you know, things going very easy for you, things become a habit for you, then what happens? You begin to lose that spirit think about your first good ramadan right when you were you know reciting a lot of quran you were just new into you know praying salah regularly where was your iman it was pretty good right but then what happened one year after another after another what happened then you just got used to fasting you got used to reciting the quran so this is something very normal that iman it increases and then with time it decreases So in these Madani surahs, we will see that the emphasis is on strengthening one's faith in Allah. How? That you realize Allah's attributes. You turn back to Him in sincere repentance. You should realize the temporary nature of this world and prepare for your eternal life in the akhirah. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that, إِنَّ الْإِيمَانَ لَيَخْلَقُ فِي جَوْفِ أَحَدِكُمْ كَمَا يَخْلَقُ الثَّوْبُ That iman, it wears out. It wears out inside of you, just as clothes on your back wear out. Do your clothes become old? Yeah? Doesn't there come a point where your socks, you've been wearing them so long, that there's a hole in them now? Right? Because they're worn out. So likewise he said that Iman also with time it weakens. So you should keep on asking Allah to renew faith in your heart. So when a person keeps learning, right? And without paying attention to Iman, because you see now it's the end of which twenty seventh juz. Right? So when a person keeps learning then with that ilm, there is also a need to focus on one's iman, to build on iman. Because if there's only ilm without attention to iman, then that ilm, that knowledge is actually a burden. It can actually become very dangerous. You know, Ibn Umar رضي anhu he said that I've lived a long life, meaning many years I've lived. And he said that we were given iman before the Qur'an. Before we learned the rulings of halal and haram, we learned iman. So a surah would be revealed upon the Prophet ﷺ, and we would learn its commandments. What is permissible? What is not permissible? What is it that we have been commanded? What is it that we have been forbidden from? So what he meant was that first we built our iman, and then we learned what to do. So what happened when we were told, stop your alcohol, we stopped. When the women were told, put on your hijab, the women, they put their hijabs on. Isn't it so? We learned that in the night, they had their lamps on to fix their hijabs, and for fajr when they went, they put their hijab on. They didn't say, let me think about it for a week. Let me wait until I'm 20 or 25 or 30 or whatever. I'll wait until my birthday. No. They heard about it, and immediately overnight, there was a change. Why? Because iman was there. When iman was there, the command came. What happened? What happened? action ibn umar radhiyallahu anhu said then i saw some people one of whom would be given quran before iman meaning now there are people learning the quran cover to cover and they don't know a thing about iman they haven't focused on building their iman even a little bit so here is one of them who reads from suratul fatiha all the way to the end but he has not learned a thing from the Qur'an. Meaning his action has not changed whatsoever. So from this narration, what do we learn? That it's not just necessary that we keep increasing in our knowledge. What does this word mean? What does that word mean? What does this surah mean? And what does that surah mean? What is this fancy term? And what is that other fancy term that I heard someone speak in their vlog? Right? What is this? Our attention should not just be on increasing our knowledge. Iman must be built also. And how is it that a person builds Iman? He strengthens Iman by reflecting upon the Qur'an, by reflecting upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes, by reflecting upon the temporary nature of this life, by reflecting upon the matters of the Akhirah. And this is what we will do in the surah. Every ayah in the surah is a call to tadabbur to reflection because new information is not being given this information has been given before many times the call is to reflect reflect and therefore build and renew your faith why so that you can do something so let us begin the surah bismillahirrahmanirrahim subh alillah ma fis samawati wal ardi Wahu al azizul Hakim. he glorifies. Who glorifies who? Lillahi, for Allah. What glorifies Allah? Ma فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ wal ardi. Whatever that is in the skies and the earth. Meaning everything is busy in the tasbih of Allah. In the glorification of Allah. Who? whatever that is in the skies and the earth. Which means everything, whether it is animate or inanimate. Whether it is living or non-living. Whether it is aqil, meaning it has an intellect, a free will of its own, or it is ghair aqil. It doesn't comprehend. It doesn't have a mind. This includes the angels. This includes men. This includes jinn, the birds, animals, critters, everything sabbaha it glorifies Allah. it proclaims the sanctity of Allah. it declares the perfection of Allah Sabaha from the word Sabaha which means to move quickly in air or in water meaning to swim or to fly. And from this the word implies going far very quickly. So sabih is used for a swift horse. Tasbih is to remove something far away. And with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what does it mean? To declare Allah's perfection. To declare that anything that is not befitting of Allah is removed far away from Allah. That He is free of And He is above any fault, any deficiency, any weakness, and any resemblance to His creation. In other words, He is perfect. This is tasbih. When we say subhanallah, what are we saying? Perfect is Allah. We're saying that Allah is perfect, meaning he is far above any عيب, any fault. What is an عيب? An عيب is basically a flaw or a fault, meaning something problematic in somebody. So for example, unawareness. This is a flaw, all right, in individual, that they have no idea about what is going on. Does this happen with us? Do we have this عيب within us? Yes, many times, people are doing things Right in front of us and we don't even realize. But what does Allah say? Allah is not at all unaware of what you do. That Allah is far above any naqs. So the first is any aib. Secondly, any naqs. What is naqs? A deficiency. A weakness. So for example, fatigue, getting tired, exhaustion, illness. Is that a deficiency? Is that a weakness? Yes, it is. Because no matter how important a certain work may be, when people have a certain weakness, then they cannot continue. Like for example, what happens with us? We fall asleep. Isn't it? Sleep is something that we cannot resist. We cannot avoid. No matter what situation we are in, we will eventually fall asleep. Isn't it? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَا تَأْخُذُهُ سِنَةٌ وَلَا نَوْمٌ Right? And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, وَمَا مَسَّنَا مِنْ لغوب. No fatigue has touched us. Meaning we created the heavens and the earth, and no fatigue touched us. So Allah is far above any fault, any deficiency, any weakness. Weakness such as sleep. Hmm? And also, any resemblance to the creation. As Allah says, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ So when we say, سُبْحَانَ Perfect is Allah. Glory be to Allah. What does it mean? That Allah is unique and one. That Allah has no partner and no associate. That Allah has no imperfection and no weakness. Nothing he decides, nothing he commands is faulty. No. Everything he decrees is full of wisdom. And that is why it is said, وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ And he is the exalted in might, the wise. Al Aziz, The one who has عِزَّة. And عِزَّة as in might and عِزَّة as in honor. So he is Aziz, meaning with absolute and perfect honor. He is the one worthy of it. And He is the one with absolute and perfect might and authority. And He is Al-Hakim, the one who is wise. Wise in His words. Wise in His actions. Wise in His decrees. Wise in His laws. So we do not question His judgment. We do not question His ruling. We do not question His decree. Because Allah is Al-Hakim, the one who is wise. And Al Hakim is also from Hukum. Hukum is judgment, meaning the one who is perfect in his command. So whatever he decrees comes about. So the entire creation declares Allah's perfection and glory. How? Verbally and also with their state. Verbally, they declare Allah's perfection. For example, the angels, they are busy doing tasbih. Human beings, they also do tasbih of Allah. Correct? And then there is the other creation which declares Allah's perfection. How? By their very state of existence. Meaning, even though they do not use words to say subhanallah, their existence is declaring, is shouting out the perfection of Allah. So there's two ways of tasbih. Tasbih of maqal and tasbih of hal. So what does this mean then? That there is not a thing that happens except that it is proof of Allah's perfection. It is proof of Allah's power and His wisdom, therefore His glory. And yes, there are those amongst the creation that refuse to do tasbih of Allah. And who are they? People or the jinn. Some jinn, some people, they refuse to declare Allah's perfection. They refuse to worship Allah. Verbally, But even if they refuse to do it verbally, in their bodies, their body, it belongs to who? It belongs to Allah. So its very existence, its very functioning, is declaring the perfection of the Creator. Correct? I mean, if you think about it, how many things are going on in a human body at, at one single moment? So many things are going on that we cannot even keep track of it. Isn't it? And before we think about what is happening, some other things are happening. Isn't it? So, سَبَّحَ لِلَّهِ مَا wal Ardi وَالْأَرْضِ وَهُوَ azizul hakim Why shouldn't the creation glorify Allah when He is Al-Aziz, when He is Al-Hakim? Because to him belongs the dominion of the heavens and the earth. The ownership, the possession, sovereignty belongs to who? Over the heavens and the earth. It belongs to Allah. He owns everything. He gives life and He gives death. Such is His power and might that He controls life and death. And this is something that is beyond our power. kulli shay'in qadir, And He doesn't just have control over life and death. He has control over what? Over everything. He has power over what? Over everything. So whatever is happening, anything that is happening, is happening where? It is happening in Allah's kingdom. Because there is nothing except that Allah owns it. wal So all you who believe, do what your Lord wants you to do. Realize who your Lord is. Huwal He is awwal, the first. And as the Prophet wasallam said, فَلَيْسَ قَبْلَكَ شَيْءٍ So there is nothing before you. He is the first one, meaning there was nothing before him he is al-awwal meaning he always was wal-akhir and al-akhir the last and as the prophet sallallahu said فَلَيْسَ bar شَيْءٍ so there is none after you meaning he shall always remain he always was he is al-awwal and he is al-akhir he shall always remain wallahir and the ascendant, and as the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, You are Allahir, so there is none above you. He is the highest, so Allahir means he is the highest, so there is none above him. No one has more power, more authority than Allah subhanahu wa taala. Walbaatin and the intimate. And as he said, ﷺ, "فليس دونك شيء," so there is none that is closer than you, none that is nearer than you. He is the highest, yet He is near. وَهُوَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٌ, and He is of all things knowing. Four names of Allah are mentioned over here: al-awwal wal-akhir, and then al wal-baṭin. The first two names, al-awwal wal-akhir. These names are with respect to time. With respect to time, so he is al-awwal, the first, meaning the one before whom there is no one, meaning there was nothing before him. Because what did we learn in the previous ayah? Everything belongs to who? Allah. Meaning everything that exists is whose creation? Allah's creation. So what that means is that everything that is there came after who? After Allah. He is al-awwal because he is the khaliq. He is the creator. All things that exist came after him. He made them. If he didn't make them, they wouldn't be there. So he is al-awwal. And then al-akhir. Al-akhir, the last. Meaning he will succeed everyone and no one will come after him. No one will succeed him. Because what happens is, I mean, with respect to us, there was somebody before us, and then when we die, there's somebody who's gonna come after us. Isn't it? One generation is replaced by another. One creation, one species, is replaced with another. Right? But Allah is Al-Akhir. What does it mean? In Surat Al-Qasas, Ayah 88, Allah says, "Kullu shay'in halikun." Everything is going to die except Him. Except Allah. Everything's gonna finish. Every soul is going to experience death. And remember that there will come a point that no creature will be alive. No creature. It will only be Allah. And that is the time when Allah will say that I am the King. Where are the kings of the earth? Where did they go? I am the Jabbar. Where are the Jabbar of the earth? Where did they go? Who thought so highly of themselves, where are they? So he is Al-Akhir. So Al-Awwal and Al-Akhir. When we look at both of these names, what do they tell us about Allah? That Allah is unique in the sense that He has no beginning and no ending. We have a beginning and an ending. Allah is above this. For Allah, a beginning and an ending is irrelevant. It's irrelevant because He is Al Khaliq. The Prophet ﷺ said, "Until the first, there is no before; until the last, there is In Surah Qasas, ayah 70, we learn, "Wahdahu Allah, la ilaha illahu, lahu al-hamd fi al wal-akhirah." So, with respect to time, He has no restriction whatsoever. We have these restrictions, don't we? We have a beginning and an ending. A first breath and a last breath. The first day and the last day. Isn't it? The next two names, Allah and Al Baatin. These names are with respect to Makan, with respect to place. When it comes to the creation, are we limited to a place? Can our existence be imagined only in constraints of space? Yes, right? I mean, we've got to be somewhere, right? And if we're somewhere, then we're not somewhere else, isn't it? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is He? He is al-zahir. al-zahir this has been understood as one who is apparent. Right, one who is apparent because laharah lahir is used for something that is visible, right? So this has been understood as that he is apparent in the sense that through his signs, through his creation, you can recognize him because subha halilahi, right? However, the more correct meaning is that which the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and that is that when he said wa anta he said faleisa. There is nothing above you. Because Luhur also means ulu. Zuhur also means to be high. Like Allah says in the Quran, لِيُظْهِرَهُ على الدين كله. That his deen, he is going to make it dominant over everything else. They were not able to go over it. All right, the judge, judge, the wall that Zulqarnain built. فَمَسْتَطَاعُوا أَنْيَظْهَرُوا They were not able to go over it. So lahir is to be high. All right. So lahir, as in He is Allah is dominant over everything. In His attributes, He is prevailing above all. So no one hears, like Allah hears. No one sees. As Allah sees. No one knows as Allah knows. No one shows mercy as Allah shows mercy. Because He is al Repeatedly in the Quran we learn, وَمَا أَنْتُمْ بِمُعْجِزِينَ You cannot at all defeat Allah. You cannot escape Allah. Right? Why? Because He is Al-Zahir. Always victorious. Always the highest. Always the best. And then, al-baatin. Al-baatin. Now this has been understood by some as, al-baatin as in the hidden one. Because that is what baatin means. One that is hidden. So they said that Allah is al-baatin in the sense that, la tudrikuhil absar. Vision cannot perceive him. Right? You cannot see Allah over here. You cannot. This is a privilege that will be granted to those who will be admitted in paradise. Allahumma ja'alna minhum. So al-batin, there is another meaning of that, all right, and that is of qurb, all right, of qurb, of nearness. As the Prophet ﷺ said, "Wa antal-batin fa liṣa You are al-batin, so there is nothing that is closer than you, nothing that is nearer than you, and this is why it's translated as the intimate, the most intimate, or the nearest, or the closest. Meaning, there is nothing hidden from Allah. There is nothing that is too far from Allah. As Allah says in Surah Ali Imran, Ayah 5, that, In اللَّهَ لَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي السَّمَاءِ Allah, He is such that there is nothing hidden from Him. Nothing. Whether it is in the sky or it is in the earth. As we learned that not a leaf falls except that it is in Allah's record. Allah knows about it. Right? So, He is al baatin the nearest one. And this is so beautiful. Only Allah can be like this. He is the highest, yet He is the nearest. Right? He is the highest, yet He is the nearest. We learned that the Prophet wasallam. this is the interpretation that he gave of these names of Allah. And where do we learn this interpretation from? From a du'a. Fatima radiAllahu anha once she went to the Prophet sallallahu her father in order to ask him for a servant. You all know about this hadith, right? And basically, she didn't find him there. And the Prophet sallallahu came. And what is it that he advised her to do? To do the tasbihat, right? And there is another hadith which is also sahih in which we learn that when Fatima radiAllahu anha asked the Prophet sallallahu for a servant, he said that when you go to sleep, you should say. اللَّهُمَّ رَبَّ السَّمَاوَاتِ السَّبْعِي وَرَبَّ الْعَرْشِ الْعَظِيمِ That, O oh Allah, the Lord of the seven heavens and the Lord of the great throne. رَبَّنَا وَرَبَّ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Our Lord and the Lord of everything. Wal Injili Wal Quran. The one who has revealed the Torah, the Injil, and the Quran. فَالِقَ الْحَبِّ Nawa, The cleaver of the grain and the seed. Meaning you have control over the grain and the seed also. It doesn't open unless you open it. I seek your protection against any evil, every evil that you are in control of. You still have full control over it, so I seek your protection against every evil. أنت الأول فليس قبلك شيء You are the first, so there is nothing before you. وأنت الآخر فليس بعدك شيء You are the last, so there is nothing after you. وأنت الظاهر فليس فوقك شيء You are the dominant one, so there is nothing above you. وأنت الباطن فليس دونك شيء You are the nearest one, so there is nothing closer than you. اقضي عن الدين after this, after mentioning the names of Allah and praising and glorifying Him, what is the dua? Please get rid of my debt. Help me get rid of my debt. min al And enrich me against poverty. Take me out of poverty. What does this teach us? Any problem that we're having, even if it's financial, ask who? Request who? The awwal and the akhir, the zahir and the batin. Ask Allah, because He only can take you out of your difficulty. So who is it that should be al-awwal for you? Allah. So who is it to whom you entrust the last of your problems? Al-akhir. Allah. Learn to rely on the one who is zahir the one who is victorious and dominant over everything. What does it mean? There is no issue that is too big for Allah. No problem that is too big for Allah because He is Zahid, prevailing. Prevailing. He always wins. He's always above. And you are never alone because al-baatin is with you. The one who is close is with you. Alright, let's listen to the recitation. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Sibbaha ma fi sama wal ar wa huwa al-azizul-hakim. Lahu mulku sama wal ard di wa yumiit وهو على كل شيء قدير هو الاول والاخر والظاهر والباطن وهو بكل شيء عليم